Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my compatriot, Sean the Arcade Phantom. How's it going, Craig? Doing good, buddy. I uh, I rather enjoy this episode. I get sad watching this episode. Well, I mean, you know, there's sad things about every Simpsons episode. This one sad legitimately makes what? me feel bad. Like, I think, like, man, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and <laughs> I was probably a bratty kid who wanted... Probably. I, I was a bratty kid <laughs> who wanted two sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, if anybody, I was the homer. I was a little like, oh, I want two sandwiches. Can I have uh, extra bologna on them? Uh, yeah, so today we're talking about Homer Alone. Now, Sean, when did this episode first air? February 6, 1992. Yeah, so in this episode, after Marge becomes so stressed, she has a breakdown. She decides to take a vacation all the while the rest of the family must deal with life without her. For just one weekend. Oh, that's all she gets is one weekend? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At least next season, she gets to go to jail for a little while. That's that'll a nice be nice. Break. Yeah, that'll yeah. be nice for her. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that jail is a nice break. For Marge, it is. It, and it is sad. You're not wrong. Sean, uh, what was going on in the world uh, back in uh, 1992 around this time? Well, correct. let me tell you. If it was in 1992, uh-huh. I'd be taking these clothes off right now. But What? I'd be taking my shirt off. I'd be taking my pants off. Uh-huh. Because this week, Right Said Fred's I'm Too Sexy begins its three-week time as the number one song on the Billboard Top 100. The I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt song? Yep. What a coincidence. I myself am too sexy for this shirt. I thought it was amazing that this song was at the top for three weeks. Three weeks is it. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, did it deserve the full three weeks? I mean, earlier this year was Michael Jackson's Black or White. Just to give context for what the music scene looked like right around then. Wow. It, really? Yeah. Yeah. Same huh. year. Huh. I mean, it, huh. I guess music fads are always going to be a little unique and interesting. Like, there's always going to be some weird things. Like, certain movie tie-in songs will, will get real big yeah. and stuff like that, you know. But uh, I'm too sexy for my shirt, huh? For our younger listeners, that's the... Um that's the 90s version of Sexy and I Know It. Oh, okay. I, I don't know that song at all. I'm going to take your word for it on you that one. You haven't spent enough time at clubs, then. That is correct. I have not. So, we, we need to get Craig some cocaine and clubs. Let's go. Can I take the cocaine and hold the clubs? <laughs> yes. I'm in. What's going on in the world? Depress us now. Oh, boy. So, so this is a weird one. So we've talked about... Uh, the, the person involved here previously uh, in an episode, uh, Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment, the one where uh, Homer steals Cable. Yeah. 
So the hotel where the jury was sequestered in the Mike Tyson rape trial had had a terrible fire the, like the night before this episode aired. Uh, the jury was evacuated, but another guest was injured and two firefighters died. The mayor of Indianapolis, uh, where the trial was taking place and where, you know, uh, um, the hotel was, of course, uh, requested a federal arson investigation and increased security at the courthouse. Uh, the trial was scheduled to begin again on uh, this uh, on this day. Uh, so this today, you know, the Sunday uh, when, or I'm sorry, the Thursday when this aired. Sorry, I'm thinking Simpsons and Sundays. So that's not the uh, case back then. Uh, and uh, by the 10th of this month of February, Tyson would be convicted of rape and go to jail. Yeah. Mike Tyson, uh, during his court case, there was a fire in the hotel. That's weird. Right? Like, it, it was it? Was it a plan? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering is I didn't find a lot. Like, even in the, the, the Mike Tyson trial section of the wiki page or whatever, where I was looking up uh, some de- more details on this, there wasn't anything about the fire. All I got about the fire was in the, the Detroit Free Press that, that came out at that time. So I'm not really sure. I... Uh, if it was like, you know, some kind of shady dealings or not. So, Craig, I got one question about this to kind of lighten the mood because I'm, yeah. I'm kind of lost on this. What does sequestered mean? <laughs> Sean, if the jury is deadlocked, they, uh, they're put in a hotel together so they can't communicate with the outside world. And what does deadlocked mean? Deadlocked. Uh, it's when the jury can't uh, agree on a verdict. And uh, if? If. A conjunction meaning in the event that, event that or on condition that. So if we all don't vote the same way, we'll be deadlocked and have to be sequestered in the Springfield Palace Hotel where we'll get a free room, free food, free swimming pool, free HBO, ooh, free Willy. Justice is not a frivolous thing, Sean. It has little, if anything, to do with a disobedient whale. Now let's vote. (laughs) I mean, we're done having this conversation. We're not in that trial back in 1992. Uh, Sean, I tell you what, let's dive right into the episode. So, Immediately we get a... This might be the best intro to an episode. I think this might be my favorite start. (laughs) This is a really good start. It is a a play on old cartoons. So Bart is running with the background just sort of like, you know, going crazy behind him. Almost as if it's on like a carousel. Uh, With the amount of running he's doing, there's no way it would be all throughout the house. And Bart pauses in just midair. And the phrase, Braddus, don't have a cowus, appears underneath him. And do you have Homer's? I don't have Homer's. Oh, uh, well, so Homer runs after it. So, I'm sorry, time slowly picks up and then Bart runs again. Homer comes to a complete stop. It says Homo Neanderthalus. Uh, and then, slow, you know, time picks up again and he starts running. And, of course, this is a reference to uh, Roadrunner and Wild E. Coyote cartoons uh, from Looney Tunes back in, like, the, what would it have been, the... 40s? Uh, Rotor would have been 50, I 50s? I somewhere, somewhere around the 50s. there. Yeah, so sometime around then. Uh, and though, you know, and, and honestly, you know, we, we were perpetually explaining things for like younger listeners that, you know, might not have an idea. 
But I think just about everybody knows Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, right? Oh, I'm sure they do. I've, I'm sure they've seen Looney Tunes. Uh, you are correct, but barely. Yes. September 17th, 1949. Yes. Go, Craig. Go, 40s, I guess. Do you know the first appearance of the Roadrunner's name? What the cartoon was? Oh, no, I don't know offhand. Fast and the furriest. Oh. I hmm. uh, And I... Uh, so they run past, and the lamp wobbles as the the you know Bart and Homer run off, and the thing falls to the ground, smashes, and Marge comes out, and she's like, "I am not cleaning that." And there's an awkward pause, and she's like, "Who am I kidding?" And she goes to clean it. God, Marge breaks my heart in this episode. This is honestly, you know, it, so long as you have somewhat of empathy, you're gonna feel for Marge in this I one. I don't have empathy, and I feel for Marge in this one. I am like broken watching this. Like she is a broken woman. So she, rightfully so. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, she she takes care of the entire Simpson family and doesn't really get a lot of respect for it. Homer, every once in a while, is like, you do a great job, honey. And then he fall, passes out and he you know, moves on uh, when he's you know, not getting drunk at the bar or, you know, you know, chasing his son and trying to murder him. So Marge goes upstairs and she, you know, needs to feed Maggie. And, and she says something like, you know, once you grow up, you can suck your pacifier all you want, uh, which is kind of weird because, let's face it, nobody really sucks their pacifier beyond you know, however old. You haven't been to enough clubs. We're Touché. just going to have that be the theme of the episode today. <laughs> Touche, Sean. Touche. Uh, but uh, I did want to note, uh, apparently sucking on a pacifier for too long is, uh, like, you know, as far as like age goes, is bad for your teeth. Yeah. You know, it'll uh, eventually uh, make it so that you're more likely to need braces. Uh, that's uh, what happened to my sister. Uh, she, like, sucked her thumb when she was a kid. And uh, eventually, like, you know, when the ortho- orthodontist was doing braces he was like you know did she suck her thumb or have a pacifier and my mom was like oh no and he was like liar so it cuts to the kitchen and we already kind of hinted at this scene but uh marge is making sandwiches uh did you catch all the requests everyone had okay so lisa's request pisses me off because you love pimentos? I love pimentos. I mean, I love pimentos too, but like, if you don't like them, I get that you don't want them on your sandwich. If anything, Lisa's is more understandable than the other's uh, requests. I mean, come on. Homer's request isn't that ridiculous. It is when you understand that she's out of bologna. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. He's just asking for another sandwich with double bologna. <laughs> asking like a thousand times. So in the midst of their screaming... Uh, Marge tells them one at a time, one at a time, and then they all start yelling again. And uh, kudos to Marge. She understands what they're saying. Uh, Extra mustard for Bart, sliced diagonally, not lengthwise. Light mayo and cut off the crust for Lisa, plus no pimentos. And double bologna for Homer, but, you know. She's out of bologna. Yeah, out of bologna. And uh, so Marge is leaving for the day. And I presume this is... Right before Homer would leave for the day, of course, because Homer's still in the house, annoying Marge. And it can't be the weekend because he'll end up at work uh, later on here. Yeah, we know that Homer usually leaves about the same time as the kids do for school. Yeah, typically. Because they've eaten breakfast before and all ran out of the door at the same time. That's true. And at that point, it makes you wonder why doesn't Homer take the kids to school? Maybe it's the opposite direction. It could be. Hmm. Could be just he's a bad father. (laughs) Well, there's always that. So... (laughs) Uh, the uh, 
so Homer asks Marge if uh, she can get his bowling ball flushed. Apparently a bottle cap got stuck in it. What is flushing a bowling ball? Do you have any idea? So flushing a bowling ball is when you actually flush out the holes of the bowling ball and mm-hmm. clean out the holes of it. So that would get out anything that was in the holes, any guck that you get from your fingers, any grease you'd get from like nachos or things like that. I gotcha. Essentially, it's a way to just clean the holes is what flushing is. And he wants that bottle cap flushed out. I gotcha. I gotcha. So Marge at first is like, you know, Homer, I have a ton of stuff. She At this point, she has like Maggie in her arms. She has the uh, the crate with a cat in it. She must be going to the vet. And she also has like a bag that looks like of groceries. It looks like she's got a bag of groceries. I was going to talk about that. Is she taking groceries to the store? Uh, so one of two things is going, well, one of three things. One, the animators didn't know what they were doing and just threw a bag of groceries in her hands to make her look more busy and full, you know, arms full. But what it could also be is what if she was dropping off groceries to, like, her mother in the retirement home or something? That, Assisted that living be. kind of thing, you know, or grandpa even. You know, maybe she's dropping off things that they like. Uh, it could be that, or maybe she bought the wrong things and she has a receipt in the bag and she has to get it returned at the, you know, the grocery store. I hate people who return things to the grocery store. Well, that's because we worked at a grocery store and it's a giant pain in the butt. Uh, My chips are too salty. Well, I mean, so long as they haven't opened it, I don't mind. My chips are too salty. These lays shouldn't be this salty. That, that is legitimately the kind of complaints you get at a grocery store. Your bread is ruined by the lettuce being too close to it. It makes it too wet. <laughs> Ma'am, did you think of maybe not putting wet lettuce on it? Shut up. You keep it too close to the store. It, it's like five aisles over, ma'am. Too close. Beast man. These are real complaints, by the way, that we have gotten. Except for that beast man part. Yeah, yeah they absolutely <laughs> are. Uh, so... So Marge, you know, is like, you know, trying to convince Homer to just use an alley ball. And Homer's response is, oh, alley ball. She's like, I'll quit whining and give it to me. And her weight sort of shifts to the side and she has a bowling ball in her hands as well as everything else. Listen, Homer's right to not want to use an alley ball. He spent a lot of money buying a bowling ball for Marge for her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How could we forget the sacrifice Homer had to make for Marge? Hmm. It was a good birthday gift. Good for him. I mean, honestly, it's a good birthday gift because it gets him the hell out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Really, that's the way Marge should have been looking at it. Uh, So uh, we have uh, the grocery store. Uh, We see that. And uh, what's interesting is they normally always show the same footage of the grocery store with the cart. Yeah, it wasn't the cart footage. No, it wasn't. (laughs) It was its own original footage. I don't know. They reused so many other things. They didn't for that. Nothing moves in that scene, so I'm assuming it's just the still frame of that same exact scene. I think it's a different coloring to the sign. Is it? I think it's a different store, which is weird. We need to look that up. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll look into we'll, that later. We'll look for into sure. that later. But I'm. I think it's just a frozen. Frame. It could be. It, it could very well be. But I thought it was a different one. So I, 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 I Marge is going, you know, grocery shopping, and. Maggie just starts like throwing everything out of the cart and onto the ground. Which is another thing people do in grocery stores. That happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't really remember too many babies like hucking things around. I just remember people dropping stuff. Like old people picking up a jar of pickles, dropping it, and, you know, and then the store would smell like vinegar for hours, days, weeks, months. No, months is when wine gets spilled. Oh, yeah. White that's true. wine. 
Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny because I love pickles and, you know, a lot of people love wine and, you know, it's, but, but I once love it, both. Yeah. Once it spills all over the place and it smells the place up, it's just not, you would think you'd like the smell, but you don't. You really don't. But uh, I need pickle flavored or drink pickle flavored wine. Well, what a coincidence, Sean. Uh, what I can do for you is I can spike the pickle brine in my fridge with vodka for you and we'll just pretend it's pickle wine. Ah, poor man's martini. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) It basically is, now that you mention it. So, uh, Lisa go or Lisa, I'm sorry, Marge goes to Nick's, and uh, uh, she goes to the wrong one. He's like, is it the wrong Nick's? That's the thing is he uh, he goes to Nick's. He's like, or she goes to Nick's, and he's like, I haven't flushed a ball in years. Try Nikki's on the other side of town. And she goes to the other one, and he's like, Oh, well, I don't know what Nikki was saying. I, you know, I haven't flushed a ball in years or whatever. And like, so Marge is just getting the runaround. None of these bowling places are going to to flush this ball. Also, we see Jacques' photo framed in the background. Yeah, we do. You gotta wonder what Marge's feelings are as she walks into that store. How do you think he got his photo on the wall? I'm sure it wasn't for sex, Sean. Damn it! <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think. So maybe that bowling chef guy is just like, yeah, that guy gets all the tail at the lane. <laughs> I put up his photo. Maybe that'll bring ladies into my store. So Marge is driving, and she like turns on the radio. She's trying to get her head off or mind off things, and uh, and uh, it's uh, I believe. Uh, Phil Hartman's Phil voice. Phil Hartman is the first one, yeah. Yeah, he's like, feels like a rat in my brain. And like it sounds like there's like a, a jackhammer like going off in this commercial. And then Marge turns to station. This is my favorite radio segment of any of The Simpsons ever. And it's a crank call. So what happens in the crank call? <laughs> so they call a guy. And he's, he's basically a married man. And they ask for his name. And they're like, oh, we've got some depressing news for you. Your wife is dead. Well, I just spoke to her like an hour ago. Yeah, she fell through a plate glass window. There's blood everywhere. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and then they, like, just start laughing. They all just, start, like, they start cracking up the two radio hosts. And yeah, that would be like if we called somebody who's married and told them their wife was dead right now. It would be really dark. It would be really funny, though. <laughs> it would be, mm. but it would be really fucked up. Huh. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, oh. yeah, that would be super, super messed up. So, uh, Marge is, like, on, like, her sanity is teetering on the edge. And this is the thing that would have made me the most angry. Maggie is tugging at her bottle, and the the nipple? the Yeah, it's the nipple of it. Is that the real That is word? the proper term for a bottle's top as a nipple. I just feel weird saying it. The nipple pops off and milk goes everywhere? Yeah, that feels weird. Why would that make you mad? Having milk go everywhere on the all the work you did, all over the car, when you're already in a horrible mood. Yeah, that would that would absolutely be the, the my breaking point as well. Don't cry over spilled milk, Craig. Shut up, Sean. I hate you. Marge, however, does do a little bit of freaking out over spilled milk. Oh, she has a rightful oh, breakdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She screams, hits the, hits the brakes, slides the car on the bridge over both lanes, Springfield Bridge, which I think is the only way out of town, and uh, comes to a stop, puts it in park, and then she just stares straight ahead. 
and she kind of lost it. The animation for Marge putting the car in park is fantastic. I really like it. It's super slow, and she slowly just turns the car to park and stops. Let's go. It's <laughs> great. And just stares off. It's so good. And so... We get two episodes of people that are kind of at their breaking point in a row right here. Because their next episode will be a lot of depression hitting. Oh, yeah. And you're not wrong. And this one is just like a breaking point for Marge. Yeah. So the bus driver who's like behind her is like, what? I'm not dealing with this. Gets out of the, the bus. And he's like knocks on their window. And he's like, listen, lady. And like without her even rolling down the window... She like roars at him, and it sounds like a lion's roar. And the guy's just like, "Oh no, not dealing with that." He runs away. And so Arnie Pie is on the scene. And is this Arnie Pie's third appearance in voice? Second in appearance? I believe it's his second appearance physically, third in voice, because he I was so. Bill Pie in his first voice appearance. Yes, which was uh, some enchanted evening. Yes, I believe so. And. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's in my notes. And so, uh, so this is the second time. Second time he has Arnie Pie as a name. Yes. Okay. And uh, he's reporting on what happened, and he's like, "And watch out of the four- corner of Fourteenth and Elm because I just dropped my bagel." And we see the little bagel just fall out of his helicopter. So, did you catch some of the people who were st- stuck in this traffic? No, no. So in the traffic jam, we mm-hmm. have Otto who's stuck in the bus. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw him. Otto gets out and he's gonna suntan. Krusty is stuck with uh, Mr. Teeny. Yes, that's right. The mobster who gave Fat Tony the kiss of death is stuck. Uh, you're right. It is. It, at the very least, it's his voice. It's the same mobster. I, is I, it the I same mobster? The epi- I checked the episodes out. Coincidentally, uh, that's the same mobster in next year's or next season's uh, uh, Treehouse of Horror. The one who drops the body down the bottomless pit. And he's like, Arrivederci, Vito. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same dude. He's like, come on, I got a body in the back truck. Yeah, he's the one who gave the kiss of death with this flat, flavorless Manhattan. Shout out to the glitch. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah, I love that Mr. Teeny is getting chocolate everywhere. It's just like hitting buttons on his uh, uh, Krusty's thing. So, I. Uh, it cuts to Kent Brockman, who wants to interview uh, this lady, you know, who's, who's you know, lost it. And, well, basically had a breakdown. I, I guess saying lost it is a very flippant kind of way yeah. of putting it. She didn't really lose it. She just had enough. <laughs> yes. And understandably so, for sure. And so Kent Brockman is going to get lowered in the uh, traffic copter. And he also throws some shade at Arnie He's got Pye. a lot of shade for Arnie. He's like, this is no usual traffic report. And Arnie's like, hey. And he's like, face the facts, Arnie. And so he gets lowered. And I don't know if it's Arnie lowering him. Because if it is, that's just wonderful justice. He just lowers him past the car. And he starts bumping his head on the bridge with his helmet. Which is great. I... Uh, and so it cuts to Homer and Lenny and Carl, and they're watching the news on a break, and like Homer's like, what's the matter, honey? Not getting enough of the sweet stuff at home? And they all start laughing in time for Marge to roll down the window, and Homer looks like an idiot. I love that scene so much because I have worked in offices where people are those douchebags who <laughs> watch the news and make fun of stuff. <laughs> so the see the sweet justice... It's pretty great. I once, I'm not going to name any names on this. Uh-huh. I worked at a store. Yeah. An electronic store. I'll say that. Okay. And one of the guys was talking about how he slept with his wife's best friend at prom. 
And he's like sitting uh-huh. on the couch telling the story about how he slept with her best friend. And she showed up to surprise him. Oh. And she was in the break room behind him. Oh, no. As he's telling the story being King Douche. Oh, Lord. How divorced were they after that? Um, I hope very, because it was the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was hilarious. Oh, man. That is... That's ridiculous. But yeah, he's like, yeah, I was totally nailing her best friend while she was throwing up. <laughs> well, hopefully he's living a horrible life right now. I hope so. <laughs> so uh, Homer finally arrives at the bridge and uh, Eddie and uh, what is it? Eddie and uh, Lou are talking on the bridge and like Homer's like, I'm the husband. Let me by. And they're like, that explains a lot. <laughs> Eddie is the king of sarcastic quips this season. Yeah, he doesn't really have that many later, though, I don't think. No, but like when Radio Bart, he had a couple of really good ones. In this episode, he's got a good one. You must think we're the worst parents ever. Yeah, yeah that's basically the... the consent know, of the station. Yeah, consent of the station. And uh, it looks like Wiggum finally has blue hair. Yeah. I don't think he's had blue hair yet. I don't think. He might have. It comes and goes. Black and blue switches with his hair. I guess I... I don't know. I, I could have sworn because I was trying to keep an eye out for it. And this might be the first episode with it. I could be crazy, though. And so I like that Wiggum guides Homer here. And Wiggum ends up playing a larger role later in the episode, too. Uh, but, you know, he's like, he, Homer's like, what should I say? And he's like, well, tell her you love her. And he's like, I love you very much, Marge. And he looks to Wiggum and Wiggum's just kind of speeds him along, gets him, gets him, you know, to get the show on the road or whatever. I think we should snuggle. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, everyone laughs in the crowd. And honestly, the, uh, the, the crowd, I feel like they, they're animated and and maybe I, I missed it or something, but they honestly look kind of concerned about the situation in the background. Normally they look a lot more uninterested background characters. And so they look, you know, semi-empathetic. And uh, Marge gets out of the car for Homer, and they, you know, Homer hugs her, and Wiggum's like, "Cover, boys!" And she gets sent to jail. Well, she gets arrested. She gets detained. Okay, yep. And uh, I love the fact that uh, when she's talking with the uh, the lady doing the uh, the oh, picture, this lady's voice acting is great. By the way, oh god, it's so good and. <laughs> And Marge is like, or uh, the late the lady uh, who's who's taking her photo for the uh, the mugshot. Uh, she's like, you know, just just so you know, ma'am, you know, all the all us ladies at the station here, you know, like you know, really feel for you. And Marge is like, oh, that's nice. Can you loosen my chains? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> also, I didn't think there were any women in the Springfield Police Department. Yeah, there aren't later. Maybe this. Well, maybe they were got fed up with all the sexism and left before Marge got there and tried to get a, become a cop. Well, I mean, maybe it was a sexual harassment suit because we do see the cops later at a bordello. That could very well be. I can imagine that. Absolutely imagine that, unfortunately. And so, uh, you know, Wiggum is talking with Mayor Quimpy later on in this, like, closed-in meeting. And Quimby's like, don't you worry. We got her. You know, she's going to jail for you know, a long time. And Quimby's like... Listen here, you glorified uh, you know, parking cop. He's like, if she, uh, what does he say? Something to the effect of like, if if Marge Simpson goes to jail, I can kiss the chick vote I goodbye. I can kiss the chick vote goodbye. And they start yelling at each other. And I think this is the first episode where we see that Quimby and Wiggum are kind of enemies. 
Yeah, they don't get along. We'll see this again in um, March versus the monorail. Yeah, they don't get along, and they're kind it, of like like there's a power vat like struggle going on. Yeah, they're antagonistic to each other, but they're also they can be buddy buddy in scenes. So it's definitely yeah. a power thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, so the you know Wiggum and, and Quimby argue a bit, and so Marge is released. And uh, Mayor Quibby uh, says that it is now forever Marge Simpson Day. Yay. Yay, indeed. And so Homer is watching the TV with Marge. And he's like, all's well that ends well, as if this was the ending of an episode of The Simpsons. And he turns over and goes to bed. Marge is alone. Well, mostly alone with her husband's sleeping form beside her. Just laying there in bed. This is one of the few times we see that they have a TV in the bedroom. Yeah, they do have a TV in the bedroom, and it makes me wonder if they maybe move it sometimes. I don't think the kids know they have a TV in the bedroom. Probably not, because they fight over it a lot. Because they fight over the TV, because when, was it when Bart broke his leg, or was it when he was sick, where he wanted the TV upstairs? Oh, yeah, and Homer brought it upstairs. Yeah. It makes you wonder, did Homer not want to bring his own bedroom TV because he just wants to watch TV before he goes to bed? He might. I don't know. Huh. I watch TV before I go to bed. I don't. I usually try to avoid TV and stuff before bed. Supposedly it helps you sleep, but I don't know if it really does or not. Bah. <laughs> I didn't look at it that way. Bah, indeed. Bah. You know what helps you sleep? No. Staying up till the sun rises. I mean, partying at the club. Why? Why are you like this? I don't know why I'm like this today, especially. <laughs> so, so Marge is is kind of fed up with Homer right now. She's not very happy, and she sees a commercial for Rancho Relaxo, Springfield's only two star health spa. Heck yeah, two stars. So the commercial talks about how, like, the Spanish, essentially Spanish, you know, explorers found uh, in the Springfield Mountains this place, and they named it Rancho Relaxo, which is very likely a lie. Oh, it's all bullshit. It's bullshit. However, however, technically, what one could do uh, is bring up maps of the the, uh, uh, places that the Spanish explorers went to, and you could feasibly find Mount Springfield and Springfield. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a possibility, but it's also possible that Springfield is in Michigan and it's also possible that it's in like upstate New York. And it's also possible that it's in a lot of places. Do you think the Spanish really found that area? I'm pretty sure it was a pirate. Mm. With a silver tongue. Oh my God. (laughs) It was... Was uh, I'm sorry, Hans Sprungfeld. Hans Sprungfeld, a Spanish explorer. Wait, no, Sprungfeld is not a Spanish name. Never mind. <laughs> you don't think Sprungfeld Spanish? Uh, if any of our listeners are named Sprungfeld and uh, you happen to be Spanish, by all means, uh, shoot a message in our Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com, find the Discord link there, and uh, chat with me about how Spanish you are. Ted Sprungfeld is going to blow up on you. <laughs> Ted's going to be like, listen, Craig, you dummy. I'm going to be like, oh, God, I was wrong. Why? So uh, Marge wakes up Homer, you know, and she wants to 
you know, she wants to do something here. And and she's like, Homer, I need a vacation. And Homer's like, but we just went on a vacation. And he's like, remember Mystic Caverns? And it's a, a he looks at a, his nightstand, and it's a picture of him holding Bart over a bottomless pit. Uh, Mystic Caverns are a real place. Uh, it's in uh, Arkansas. Uh, also, did you know that the Mystic Caverns, Sean, are currently for sale? I did not know that. Apparently, they've been on sale for quite a while now. Uh, now that could this might be outdated internet information, but uh, from the research I was doing, the owner of the Mystic Caverns wanted to like kind of move on and do other things, and so he was trying to sell it through like you know fancy auctions and stuff. How much did he want for it? Uh, probably more than we have. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'll turn it into a Sonic themed. The Mystic Cave Zone. It'll become Mystic Cave Zone. Oh, not unless I buy it instead and I turn it into my uh, Demon Lord dungeon. Do you just crank the Mystic Cave Zone music throughout there the whole time? Anyway. And so Marge tells uh, Homer that she wants a vacation alone. And Homer flips out and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, you want a divorce? And he starts freaking out about how he can change. And really Marge should have maybe maybe struck while the uh, iron was hot, huh? She should have, but I mean, here's the thing. Homer's legitimately scared in this scene. Well, and yeah, he's she completely cares de- for him. She well, doesn't want to push that and mess with him. She's not that kind of manipulative person. That's true. That's true. You're, you, that is the reason why she doesn't do it. But like... I mean, if it was me, hell yeah, I would do it. <laughs> if it was you, you'd do it. We're well, both monsters. Well, and we deserve to be appreciated for all our hard work, Sean. That's all. That's all. Appreciate me. <laughs> appreciate me, Sean, or we're getting a divorce. <gasps> <laughs> so, I. Uh, it cuts to like the the next day, and or or maybe later. We're not sure when this is, but at a later date presumably the next day, because that's just kind of how the Simpsons go, uh, you have uh, Bart and Lisa stuck in Patty and Selma's backseat. <laughs> they look miserable. And uh, I believe, it, it, I don't know if it's Patty or Selma, I don't remember, but they say that they have six months of maternity leave they're never using anyways. This is not how maternity leave works, Patty and Selma. <laughs> no, it's not. This is not how it goes. You need like doctor's notes and stuff. You can't just be like, I'm using maternity time and just walking out of work. That's not how that goes. Maybe. Hear me out on this uh-huh, one. Okay. Because they worked in the DMV, they had access to their HR forms and they faked it all. Now that I can buy. Patty and Selma don't strike me as like, like, they don't care about their job. That's true. And they haven't been promoted yet. Yeah, I mean, what days do they you know, make the line wait? Weekdays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the DMV is the worst. And so, uh, you know, Homer goes to bring out Maggie, you know, because the kids are going to stay with Patty and Selma over the, the weekend. And, you know, Homer's going to have basically like kind of a, a bachelor's weekend or whatever. And Maggie sees Patty and Selma smile at her as they, she gets outside and she throws her little baby arms out and just grasps onto the uh, dro- like the, the door frame. And we get a great line from Lisa here where she says, I wish I would have thought of that. I love that line so much. Wish I'd thought of that. There's just so much dis- despair in her voice. 
And so Homer starts pulling at Maggie and, and Marge is like, Homer, if Maggie doesn't want to go, maybe she should just stay here with you. And uh, Penny and Selma are like, you know, she's gonna, he's going to trade her for a nudie mag. And Homer's like, listen here. And he turns around and Maggie's little form slides down and he screams and gra- go, goes to grab her. And he's like, yeah, see, got her on the first bounce. Which, good, good job, Homer. Yeah, great, great. Yeah. Real great, cra- great parenting, Real Homer. crackerjack job at parenting there, Homer. Although I will say, I'm sure a lot of parents drop their kid from time to time. I mean, you can't be holding them up 24 7. Right? Sometimes you just want to drop the kid, too. I mean, I mean, accidents happen. Accidents that perhaps you'd go to jail for. Oh, right. You'd go to jail for it. Never mind. Yeah. People probably don't do that on purpose. Unless it Maybe. looks like an accident. Mm. So sometimes your family, they need to be corrected. Corrected? Corrected. Ah, uh, oh, anyway. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Got a weird shining thing going on with this studio. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, Homer and Maggie saying goodbye to Marge. And this has got to be the saddest train station like, this is such a place of despair for the women of the Simpson family. Well, I mean, think about this train station for a second. Uh-huh. We'll see both women leave this train station. Mm-hmm. We'll see the series die at this train station. Oh, yeah. Wow, didn't even think of that. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of uh, motion here at this train station. I didn't even realize that. Uh, so the conductor uh, yells out that uh, all aboard for uh, Shelbyville, Badwater, Kettlestone, Testing Grounds... Which is that like a play on like like a nuclear testing ground or something? It didn't. I I tried searching to see if that was a real place and it isn't. I searched too and I couldn't find anything. Nothing. I'm assuming that's what it's a play on. I would figure. Uh, and and Rancho Relaxo and uh, I love that Homer starts yelling things to to Marge is is uh, he's you know she, she's speeding away out of his uh, life for the weekend, and I love that he's like Marge Marge how do I use the pressure cooker and she's like don't to the, the the train you know uh, goes off. I uh, that's a good thing he didn't use the pressure cooker. He would have killed so many people. Oh yeah, himself potentially Maggie potentially Barney, and then people would have been really sad and protested crockpot. It happened with This Is Us. It'll happen with The Simpsons. Maybe. People protested Crockpot after This Is Us. One of the characters was killed by a faulty Crockpot. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was a big thing where they were, like, destroying their Crockpots. What? How how did somebody die in a show from a Crockpot? They started a fire and burned it in the house. Oh. And it was the character everybody loved on This Is Us. It, like, started a big internet outcry. Really? Yeah, it was a big thing like a year or two ago. Interesting. I had no idea. Um, it sounds more like the electrical is the issue with a uh, crockpot fire. You would think so, because a crockpot would explode if it was a big issue. Right. Uh, That's how pressure cookers have horrible accidents. Yeah, so for those who don't know, nowadays uh, pressure cookers have like specialty valves and stuff where like you can't open it when there's too much pressure built inside. So you have to vent it. You know, you have to vent the steam. Uh, so, so for those who don't know, uh, a pressure cooker is like a pot with like a, a specialized lid that clasps in, and it stores up pressure essentially in the pressure cooker, and it like what is it? It uh, lowers the boiling point. Yes, it lowers the boiling point of it. Yeah, and it makes it so that you can you know cook things a lot faster, and they're pretty neat. I mean, I don't own one myself, 
But, you know, there's plenty of recipes out there that are real cool. You can do some fun stuff with it. You can cook things way faster. However, old models of pressure cookers are incredibly dangerous because if you tried to pop the top without venting the pressure, well, there's no safety features. So you would pop the top and the thing would explode. I had a coworker uh, when I back when I worked in the deli who was horribly burned. And she said that the pressure cooker in her kitchen exploded and like ruined their Thanksgiving. Like it like smashed up the roof. There was just food everywhere. She has all these like, you know, second degree burns all over her. And yeah, it was scary. It was pretty, pretty terrifying. I actually uh, really liked her too. She didn't work there long. She was a very, very temporary worker. She was there for maybe like a month or so. That sounds like a Batman villain origin. <laughs> yeah, it really basically is. It, it is like, like a. It's like how Calendar Man became Calendar Man and hated Thanksgiving. I mean, if anything, I feel like the the trauma of of whatever Calendar Man's trauma is is nothing compared to somebody getting burned by a pressure cooker. But whatever. So Marge is at Rancho Relaxo, and they have their own little AM radio station, W Coma. W-K-O-M-A. Have you ever been to a spa before? Never. A lot of spas actually have their own like music that they have. And nowadays, it's all digital, obviously. Sure, right, right. But they do have music that they like pump in, and it's like their own spa station where it's all huh. relaxing hits. Interesting. I also thought it was weird. Did you see the the lady in the uh, off to the uh, off to the side of the frame of of Marge when she's Marge is signing in? No. She lights up a cigarette. Once again, another uh, uh, telling sign of the early 90s that, like, you could smoke in a lot of places. Oh, it was relaxing. I mean, not for anyone who doesn't want emphysema around her. Uh, I ordered a Zima, not emphysema. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Homer is, like, back at home, and he's kind of, like, sort of living it up with Maggie. He's, like, eating a sandwich and then realizes he's laying on her. And stuff like that. Uh, and then Homer goes into like Maggie's room when he hears like the the clinking of uh, like a, a a cup against the the bars of her uh, crib, which is very reminiscent of like old timey prisoner type movies and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And uh, Homer Chrono Trigger. Oh, Chrono you, you Trigger! Yeah, that. I didn't even think of that Chrono Trigger. It might be the same sound effect they use. Yeah, it's like this weird like kind of thing. So. Uh, Homer goes upstairs and he explains to Maggie that mommy went crazy, grabs a pitcher and covers everybody in the pitcher up except for him and her. It's it's a touching moment. Homer doesn't get a ton of moments with Maggie. He gets an episode with her. Yeah, but this is probably the most fun we have with Homer and Maggie. Yeah, probably. I think so anyway, yeah. And so... Back at Patty and Selma's, uh, they're having tongue sandwiches. Now, it looks gross. And when I was a kid, I thought it was, like, disgusting. But beef tongue is pretty great. Oh, tongue is great. Yeah, I, I really it's, like it's beef It's like tongue. a nice roast beef. I've only ever had it in, in like, tacos. Ooh. Have you never had it in a taco? No. I, no, I've had it in, like, a shredded meat patty kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Similar to, it was like a pulled pork almost, but it was tongue. 
Interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, tongue, I believe, and I might be crazy, it could be a regional thing, but I, I think it's a pretty legit uh, uh, Mexican ingredient uh, in tacos. And so I, I had gone to, a, uh, not like an authentic, I, I wouldn't, don't want to make it sound like this was like, oh, I went to the taco place. But I went to a place that had a lot of uh, options and a lot of you know more traditional stuff. And yeah, tongue was one of them. And I, I tried it because I always try the weird stuff because at the time I was like, tongue yeah throw it in there whatever i'll try it yeah i'm the same as you if there's a weird option on the food menu i'll try it once oh yeah absolutely and if i don't like it then i move on but typically i end up liking it and yeah tongue is pretty great uh and so patty and selma are like oh you know uh kids aren't you gonna eat your tongue sandwich and they're just sort of like uh. and she's like what do you want to wash it down with we have clamato mr pib and soy milk now Soy milk with a tongue sandwich sounds utterly vile. Not a big soy milk guy anyway. I can handle it in cereal. I cannot handle it with a tongue sandwich. Clamato is tomato juice with like clam clam juice juice in it. Like that sounds vile as well. Clamato is really good though. I don't know, man. But I also have really bad acid reflux, so there's no way I'm drinking tomato juice, let alone Clamato. I mean, you just take some Clamato, you put some vodka in it. Okay, now now you're just describing a Bloody Mary. No, a Bloody Mary is way better than that. But whatever. But it's like a poor man's Bloody Mary. All right, fair enough. It's like kind of sh- like my poor man's martini. It's like a Sean has a drink problem. <laughs> kind of wants to drink. Uh, and then I I appreciate the fact that Mr. Pibb is thrown in there because it's like the off brand of of Dr Pepper, but like Mr. Pibb is pretty great, right? It's well, just Dr Pepper. Okay, for our younger listeners. Mr. Pib is what they used to call Pib Extreme. Wait, is that what they call it now? It's Pib Extreme to the max. Wait, are you serious? Dead serious. Pib changed their name to Pib Extreme. There is no longer Mr. Pib. It has lost its classiness, and it has become Pib Extreme. Pib Extreme can kiss my ass. He will always be Mr. Pib to me. Although now with this disrespect to me, I don't know that I want to call him Mr. He never went to school. He didn't get his doctorate like some stuck-up coalesce. Hey, Mr. Listen. Pib was down to earth like us. He was a blue-collar soda. Yeah, down to earth, except when he's doing like sick trips or tricks on his skateboard. Listen, we need to get Mr. Pib. We need to take him, you know, skateboarding in the Grand Canyon, doing a <laughs> handstand, dunking the fuck out of a basketball. Having anal sex with a screaming monster. It's simple stuff, people. I, uh, sorry, weird reference, deep cut. Uh, baby cakes? Anyway. Oh, wait, no, that's Professor Brothers. Yeah, it's, it's Brad Neely's Professor yeah, Brothers, Brad for Neely's those stuff. who don't know. <laughs> yeah, for those who thought we went off the deep end there. So uh, Lisa yawns after not eating the sandwich, and she's like, well, I'm tuckered out. Like, time to hit the old, like, hit the hay. And one of the two sisters is like, it's 1230 in the afternoon. And I love Lisa's just deadpan delivery. I'm aware of the time. And they explain what the sleeping arrangements are. Lisa sleeps with Selma and Bart sleeps with Patty, who snores. And they think it's really funny that Patty snores. And uh, why isn't Bart or potentially both of them just sleeping in the living room? I don't know. Or a sleep like a sleeping bag in the living room? Like that just seems weird. I don't think I ever slept with like family members that often. Like 
When I was really I'm little. really glad that that is going to be the quote of the episode. <laughs> I didn't really sleep with family members. Uh, when I was young, like really young and had slumber parties with like my cousin, uh, we would do like the the foot to head thing where you where you swap and you know so that way you're not staring into your cousin's eyes all night. I would stay at my cousin's house and I was afraid of the cats, so my Ninja Turtles would be around me to protect me from the cats. Yeah, <laughs> wiener. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love that while Patty and Selma are laughing, too, about the fact that, like, you know, she snores, Bart and Lisa hold hands under the table because they're so scared. <laughs> Bart and Lisa are so great in this episode. They really are. It's it's interesting that, like, there are so many episodes where they will will just, like, hate on each other for, like, no reason. Both of them are antagonistic, antagonistic to each other. And then you have, like, their, their moments like this where they, they need to band together because they're not going to make it if they don't have each other. It honestly, in that sense, reminds me of me and my sister. Only I was the one who had to be strong, and she was the one who could be a big wiener. Yeah. Anyway. I got nothing for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Marge is in a room, and she turns on the TV. And it's Troy McClure, who you may remember from Today We Kill, Tomorrow We Die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule, which that might be my favorite Troy McClure movie name ever. Calling All Quakers might be my favorite. But what about Gladys the Groovy Mule? He's just so happy when he says <laughs> That's it. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, and so Troy McClure explains kind of what they have to offer, and he explains, uh, you know, like you know, their food and and stuff like that. And he says, and the finest R-rated R-rated movies Europe has to offer. Ooh la la. And then it cuts to this deadpan announcer who's like, because uh, Troy McClure's like, today we have, and then it's like, Thelma and Louise, the happy little elves meet Fuzzy Snuggle Duck, and the erotic awakening of S. <laughs> so, you did that delivery pretty good. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. So, Thelma and Louise is a real movie, right? You know, there's probably a lot of versions of Thelma and Louise. There's Isn't a there? version of Thelma and Louise. Oh, is there it's only a classic, one? yeah. Oh, I would have thought they maybe made multiple. Hmm. Uh... I just feel like classic movies get remade a lot. Look, this isn't a star is born. We're not going to have four different versions of it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, and then uh, uh, the happy little elves meet Fuzzy Snuggle Duck. Of course, the happy little elves is a Simpsons creation. That's not a real movie. And then I didn't find anything, but is Erotic Awakening of S a real movie? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Okay. I, I I figured, you know, maybe you would know that it's maybe some obscure movie I couldn't find or something. So if, if it's not a real movie to either of us, it must not exist. So, Thelma and Louise was released May 24th, 1991. Oh, 91. So just the year before this. Directed by Ridley Scott, who did Alien. Really? And it is a fantastic movie that I'm going to get into a lot more later when we have a very Thelma and Louise episode with ah, Marge yes. again. Uh, Marge on the Lamb, right? Yeah, Marge on the Lamb. Another episode where Marge leaves Homer alone, the kids. <laughs> and everything goes to hell. Everything goes perfect. Uh, Sean, I mean, they. I think like, uh, the state law requires that they have babysitter. <laughs> God, I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> It'll be really good. So, I... Uh, Oh, no. Uh, so I had mentioned that Troy McClure talks about the food. At this point, he goes to Chef Rodrigo, and apparently the whole tub of, of uh, or whole pot, I should say, of what Chef Rodrigo is making is 14 calories. So, Sean, is this soup composed of nothing but water and celery? 
It has to be. There's <laughs> no the other choice. All this way. Mm-mm. Celery soup. My favorite. Okay, I love celery oh, in soup. I do too, yeah. I could eat an entire soup bowl that was nothing but nice hot chickeny water with celery. Chickeny water. That is not what we have here. What we have here is water and celery, <laughs> which sounds vile. It might be might be good. I'll I, try it. I mean, unless it's a lot of celery and like it turned into like a, a vegetable broth. But I don't know. Ooh. I mean, vegetable broth with with celery doesn't sound too bad. But I don't know if it's. <laughs> I, I feel like at that point there's. Well, no, I guess that's possible. Hmm. I don't know. That, that's the only thing I can think of to make it good, and have it be fourteen calories. Uh, so, I, uh, I love that it cuts back to Homer and he's trying to feed Maggie. And <laughs> this is such a good gag. And Homer's like, he's like, "Come on, Maggie, don't you want to eat?" And Maggie's being fussy and stuff. And Homer takes a bite to prove that it's good. And he's like, "Ooh, strained peas! Strained peas! Is that what it is?" Yeah. And we see that on the kitchen table are all these open jars of baby food. And Homer's just been picking out on baby food, which is typically a little on the grosser side. I had tried it at one point uh, after I was an adult. Somebody was like, oh, do you want to try this? It's kind of bad. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try it. And it was pretty gross. Real simple stuff. Uh, oh, and then uh, while Homer's watching TV, uh, there is a commercial for Shakespeare's Fried Chicken, which is from the way we was. Yes, it is. Uh, so Homer then is, you know, he legs on Maggie, which I think I might have mentioned earlier, but whatever. Uh, and he uses a stapler gun to... to Put her diaper on. I love that scene. I mean, it's kind have, of funny, but have, like, have you ever put a cloth diaper on a baby? No. They're a pain in the ass. I can only imagine. They are a pain in the ass. Even if they weren't, I'd believe you and be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like a computer pain in the butt." Oh, and uh, uh, my favorite of all these might be when Homer puts on the puppet show for Maggie, and Santa's little helper ain't having it and starts attacking the puppets. <laughs> Uh, my favorite is coming up, actually, with her 9 a.m. feeding. Oh, yes, that'll be a bit. So, uh, cuts back to uh, uh, Marge, who has uh, ordered a masseuse, and he's like, Marge, it's times like these, I'm glad I flunked out of that Mexican med school. Which is kind of a weird joke, right? It's a little creepy. A little, I mean, a little creepy, for sure. But I feel like it's also a little bit disparaging to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse. Could have went to Hollywood upstairs medical school like <laughs> Dr. Nick Revere. All right, that's fair. And so cut back to Homer, and Barney comes by for a visit, and he's going to oh. hang out with his friend and keep Homer company. Okay, so when Barney shows up, this is kind of how I imagine it would be if we ever had to watch a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Am I the Barney or am I the Homer? Uh, I'm the Barney in this scenario, I think. Okay, that's Because I will make a great omelet in the morning. (laughs) Are you sure? I use two kinds of cheese. So, I, I, Homer, I, you know, lets in Barney, and Barney's like, oh, is it little Bart? And because Barney never knows which one of Homer's children there are. And honestly, this is kind of a weird little uh, side tangent, and this episode's going a little long anyway, but... Uh, I had uh, my uh, friend of the family, so my father's best friend, uh, and so my 
father passed away when I was young. But uh, years afterwards, we were still kind of friends with his best friend. And he kind of was an alcoholic. And Barney really reminds me of him a lot. And it's moments like that where, like, I just, like, not only do I, I you know, laugh at the Barney stuff, but, like, and it's going to sound really weird, but, like, that smell. You know, the smell of, like, an alcoholic where there's, like, you know, like, smells of, like, you know, old beer on them and stuff. No, I don't smell anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Someone made it stinky, but uh, but that's what I always think of that like that kind of like dull beer smell that just sort of hangs on a wino, and uh, and that's a, a pretty rude way for me to put it. I, I should shouldn't be that rude uh, about someone with like alcoholism, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I always think of with Barney, and this scene in particular, him trying to be buddy buddy with Homer's kid, really reminds me of that. Uh, so we cut back to Bart and Lisa. And Bart's just looking through the the twins' closet, and and Lisa's like, "Bart, you shouldn't be going through that. Did you find anything good?" And he's like, "Look!" And he starts he pulls out this little gun and starts firing it. And he's like, "Look what I found! Bang, bang, bang!" And Lisa's like, "Oh, Bart, that's a blackhead gun." He's like, "Ah, gross!" And he throws it. Do you know what blackhead is, Sean? Yeah. So, uh, an open blackhead or closed whitehead, skin pore or hair follicle, has it's like clogged with artery and dead skin cells and bacteria, and it's gross. And so, apparently, a blackhead gun pulls those pulls out. Pulls those yeah. out and pops those, basically. Aha, uh-huh. gross. And so, Penny and Selma get into the room, and apparently, Bart and Lisa have just been lying around for hours. <laughs> but I guess there's nothing for them to do anyway in an apartment. And uh, one of the twins is like, Richard Dean Anderson will be in my dreams tonight. Uh, is Richard Dean Anderson MacGyver? Is that something we know off the top of our heads, Sean? Off the top of my head, I don't remember who <laughs> MacGyver was. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I tell you what, uh, as far as that goes, uh, uh, I'll keep babbling here. So back to Homer. And he's singing a lullaby that somehow devolves into May, may your Christmas day. Yeah, he was. He was. Nice. It was. Okay, okay. thank you. That, that's what I thought. Cool. Uh, yeah. And that's what I assumed too, but I, I didn't I want didn't to know. say something uh, stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Richard Dean Anderson. He was uh, the, the, you know. He was the fifth character at Scooby Doo. Yeah, he was also the president, right? Anyway. So. So Homer is trying to get Maggie to sleep. She ain't having any of this. Homer goes off and goes to bed, kind of pretending that she's sleeping. And uh, Maggie is really missing Marge, understandably so. And so Maggie gets herself out of her crib, climbs downstairs, crawls over Barney, uh, and goes out the, the, like the doggy door and... Maggie thinks she sees Marge, and it turns out it's only a bush. And she goes crawling under the street under the light of the full moon. This is one of two times Maggie runs away. Because Maggie also takes the car at one point. Oh, yeah. Maggie is honestly very, uh, she has a lot of ingenuity. She also uh, uh, forms the raid to get the pacifiers at the uh, Ayn Rand School for Tots. Yeah, so she's got a lot of skills and ingenuity. You're she right. really does. She might be about the brightest of the Simpson household, considering her age, uh, but we'll never really know what she amounts to in the Simpsons. Uh, and so Homer comes in the next morning. For her 9 a.m. feeding. At 11.45. 
And does that mean, Sean, that Homer didn't check on his baby for 12 hours? Yes. That also means his baby's been gone for like 12 hours. That's not good, right? Like, I I don't have a baby. I, I don't think I'll ever have a kid. I've never taken care of a baby, but I'm pretty sure you need to be around a little more than giving him a 12-hour buffer. I had a baby once. Did you leave him for 12 hours and then the state took them away? I did. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, so, Also, I didn't put the milk in a fridge. Yeah, you could always put it in a, like a wet sack or something. No. And for the love of God, Sean, garbage goes in the garbage can. I can't stress this enough. Garbage in the garbage can. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, and so Homer goes looking around for the baby. He, you know, Maggie is not there. And he goes sorting through the house, and he tries to lift up Barney. This is the dumbest joke in the episode, but it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> and he sees the spiky hair of Maggie. And he's like, oh, my God, Barney, you slept, you're sleeping on the baby. And Barney gets up, and he's like, whoa, if you ever want to have a bad night of sleep, he's like, don't use or like use this. And he like holds out like a seashell. Yeah, it's like a conch shell that he's been <laughs> sleeping on. It's such a dumb joke but i laugh every time (laughs) and so barney is like tries to convince homer that you know like oh they should just you know have an omelet and homer's like shut up and help me find the baby and so barney goes under the front porch and he's like i think i found her and he starts pulling and homer's like barney you're gonna break her arms and uh barney's like the sooner we get her out the sooner we're eating omelets and a water pipe bursts and goes just exploding with water everywhere and just like that, Barney is not allowed to help Homer for the rest of the episode. So Maggie's currently at the mall. The mall that Marge drove to. Maggie's not gotten any sleep throughout this night. No, she crawled the whole night. That's scary and impressive. Also scary that nobody in the mall does anything about the baby running around. Yeah. But it's Springfield, so what are you going to do? It's so, Springfield, it's the 90s. Nobody cares. <laughs> I don't know, man. There, there was uh, our local mall that had a kid go uh, that was, well, we later found out that it was potentially the mom itself who orchestrated the disappearance of her own kid, right? Wasn't yeah, that it? That was, um, Dwan Simmons was his name. Yeah, that was it, scary stuff. Went missing on my brother's birthday, actually. Really? Yeah. Man. Oh, I think you told me that before. Yeah, that was a scary case uh, that a lot of people freaked out in our area because they thought a kid went missing, and that was the rumor for years and years. Then it turned out that it wasn't really the case. Allegedly. Well, yeah. We don't know the truth. I guess that's true. It, it's thought that the the mother might have orchestrated or, or had a hand in the disappearance of the kid. She put a hand on the child. Hired an assassin. So, uh, <laughs> this one always up. works. Uh, so, oh, you're an assassin to get rid of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Maggie goes to the hair shop, and uh, some lady who has a very similar haircut to Marge is there and gets Maggie's hopes up. Yeah, but she's also got the Bride of Frankenstein streaks in her hair. That's true. Uh, she she doesn't have the exact haircut of uh, Marge. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't even put a bag over my head. And the hairdresser's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> and uh, so Homer at home finally calls the police. And he asks for the Department of Missing Babies? Yes, the Department of Missing Babies. And when he gets put on hold, it starts playing, baby, come back. 
by player from 1977. And it's another one of our favorite gags, Sean, where they play a very fitting song on the whole, for the whole music, and Homer starts crying. I love that gag. I wish it would have stayed because they're so good every time. You can blame it all on me. Uh, anyway. And so March, however, is having the time of her life. She's done bungee jumping, kayaking, calligraphy, cigar making, and a hula dancing. Uh, and so she, you know, is kind of... She's done everything yeah, in Rancho Relaxo. Yeah, she doesn't really know what to do next. So she turns on the, the TV and Troy McClure is there. And he's basically like, you know, saying like, hey, have you done everything? Well, we can't tell you how to have fun. He's like, you know, you need to tell us. He's like, call call us up, blah, 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 and tell us. And he's like, as I said to Dol- Dolores Montenegro in Calling All Quakers, have it your way, baby. And uh, once again, uh, Calling All Quakers and Dolores Montenegro were in a Preacher with a sh- uh I'm sorry, Troy McClure and Dolores Montenegro were in Preacher with a Shovel, and he also was with her in uh, Calling All Quakers, which means that the movies are tied together, like I said earlier in our podcast. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, I wonder which one's the sequel. Hmm. Marge has the right idea for how to relax. Well, yeah, how is that, Sean? So she wants a hot fudge sundae. Mm -hmm. With? With um, chocolate uh, cheesecake. And whipped cream. And whipped cream. And tequila, a bottle of tequila. And then she gets into a nice hot bubble bath. And watches Thelma and Louise. Indeed she does. And so... I legitimately thought about doing all of that for prepping for this episode. Just being like, yeah, I can't come in today, Craig. I'm uh, busy. (laughs) Having a bubble bath. And (laughs) drunk. Well, that too. And so Homer goes looking around for the kids. And so he goes to Penny and Selma's, or I'm sorry, he goes looking for Maggie. Maggie specifically, and then goes to the kids. And so he goes to Penny and Selma's, and he's like, I'm here to see the kids. And she's like, all right, but don't steal any light bulbs. And she slams the door. And Homer like looks around like maybe he's thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, he looks up at the light bulbs. He's like, pretty hmm. great. And so Bart and Lisa pop out, and they, they miss Homer, and they, they want to go back home. And he's like, have you seen Maggie? And they're like, uh-uh. And he's like, oh, all right. And so he runs off. And we hear in the background, kids, it's time to rub your Aunt Patty's feet. Indeed. And so Maggie's running around. We see her at the Buckingham Palace Quick Lube, uh, where she mistakes Marge's hair for one of the Buckingham Palace guard hats. Lube while you white. (laughs) Don't touch me. And that's the first time we see Sarcastic Guy, or at least the first time he talks, right? I think he's talked before. Has he? Yeah, I think he's talked before at one point. Hmm. I thought this was his first appearance. Maybe it wasn't. Shoot. Uh, but yeah, sarcastic guy uh, is here and walks by and uh, says that amazingly short line. Also, that's technically not sarcastic guy. Sarcastic guy is a different guy. Oh, and then what's, this is angry guy. This is angry guy. Angry guy. That's right. The one yeah. who punches the hippie. Yeah, he punches the hippie. Sarcastic guy is the one who um, has the hamsters. He was also a limo driver. This one writes uh, mysteries under the name... uh, Oh, shoot, what's the name he gives? P. Arthur McGregor? (laughs) P. Arthur McGregor. I think that's it. Uh, But yeah, you're right. That is the sarcastic guy. My apologies. And so uh, Homer is, meanwhile, tearing the house apart. And he's crying and freaking out. And March calls. And she's like, Homer, I think it's time for me to come home. And Homer's like, Marge. How would you feel if the dog ran away? And she's like, oh, no, that's terrible. And he's like, oh, I have good news. The dog didn't run away. And she's like, oh, good. 
And uh, she's like, pick me up in an hour. And then drives off or uh, hangs up. And Elmer's so, like, no, and starts slamming the wall. So before she calls, he's trying to justify the baby going away. <laughs> oh, no, that's, uh, I think, after. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that's on the couch before Wiggum knocks. You're right. That's on the couch before Wiggum knocks. Yeah. So at Q, uh, Phineas Q. Butterfat, who, they have a new mascot. Instead of the ti- the guy on the old-timey bike, it's uh, this like weird ice cream cone person that kind of looks like Marge. It's weird. It reminds me of, have you ever seen those clown ice creams? I have. It kind of reminds me of those. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. And so, uh, how did Maggie get on the roof Jeez. of the ice cream shop? Very creative. All right. All right. I'll buy Pulley it. Pulley system. <laughs> Pulley system. I'll buy that. If it was Homer, I'd say no way in hell. But if it's Maggie, yeah, I'll buy it. And so, um, Wiggum is like, don't jump, yelling into the uh, microphone. Uh, microphone? No, loudspeaker. Megaphone. Megaphone. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Megaphone. Difference of being micro to mega anyway uh and so yeah homer is is uh in the uh 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 kitchen or i'm sorry the living room or no it's the den it's the den yeah it's in the den and he's like it's not that we got that attached to her and he keeps going through all these different things yeah trying to justify that his baby's missing you know sometimes they're here and sometimes they just go off out of the nest And so Homer gets a knock at the door and he answers it. And uh, and Wiggum's like, you reported a missing baby? And Homer's like, yes, yes. Have you seen my baby? And he's like, you know, he, Wiggum's like, describe the baby. And he's like, small girl. And he's like, bingo. And uh, Homer was going to be wanted on three counts of criminal neglect, which makes sense. Yeah, it legitimately makes sense. And then Homer kisses him on the lips three times. And Wiggum is like, ah, just don't do it again, you big lug. <laughs> I love Wiggum and Homer's relationship. Yeah, they, I mean, they they had a bar, well, a barbershop quartet that Wiggum was kicked out of years ago. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that, like, Wiggum and Homer sometimes are buddy-buddy, and then other times Wiggum remembers that he, Homer, <laughs> kicked him out of the, the barbershop quartet and he messes with him. Uh, Wiggum also becomes buddy-buddy with him in Marge on the Lamb, which we already talked about. Uh-huh. And in, um, oh, God, what's the Beer Baron episode named? Oh, uh, um, Homer and the... And the 21st Amendment. 21st Amendment, yep. Yep. You're right. They do become buddy. They're buddy-buddy then as well. And so uh, Homer duct tapes Maggie uh, into the baby seat. In the front seat, which we, we've talked about before on the show, that that's not the best place to have your baby seat. And he, like, goes into the apartment complex to get the kids, and they're, like, latched onto his legs. He kicks them off into the car, and he jumps in, and they drive to the train station, and Marge arrives looking at a photo of her family looking, you know, nice and happy, smiling, brings the photo down, and her family looks miserable without her. And uh, basically, they all start yelling, like, never leave again, never leave again. And at the end of the episode, uh, every one of the Simpson family is all in Homer and Marge's bed. Uh, they they're sleep, they go to sleep, and Marge is like, you know, like, oh, I'd like, you know, more help around the house, which she doesn't get. And she she makes a few things, you know, says a few things, and you know, Bart's like, Mom, you have nothing to worry about. I guarantee it, which she does. And they all go to bed with Maggie closing her eyes last. And considering she hadn't slept in a day, I think that's fairly impressive. 
That's a really depressing episode, but it's good. It's very good. It's very sad that that's all Marge gets is one little weekend away and everything goes back to the status quo. I can only presume that in later seasons when there isn't a Marge, you know, episode where she, you know, kind of has a little bit of a, a panic attack, essentially. I, I can only presume it's explained away by the fact that she went on a weekend trip to Rancho Relaxo. Shout out to all basically any stay-at-home mom out there you have one of the hardest jobs in the world i do not envy you (laughs) not in the least not in the least so sean what would you say is the lasting impact of this episode this is the first real marge episode let's be honest marge hasn't really had a real episode about her uh i don't know man i mean there's like life in the fast lane it's emotional like you know Affair, an emotional affair, and like you know, there's cheating and stuff, kind yeah, of. But that's more about their relationship than it is about Marge's character. True, and I guess this is kind of the first episode the family has without Marge. That's yeah. a big, uh, big to do. I, uh, I, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I guess that's that's about. I mean, it's a very Marge centric episode, and we don't get a lot of those. No, we don't get a lot. And usually, when we do, Homer's off doing something zany in the background. Yeah, like typically. losing a baby. <laughs> yeah, like losing a baby. Uh, so, Sean, what would you say is your favorite quote of the episode? Oh, that was an easy one for me to pick. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sorry, honey. Mommy went crazy and went far away. So it's just going to be you and me for a while. I do really like that quote. My favorite by far is Barton Lisa's banter uh, when uh, uh, Penny and Selma go off to watch MacGyver or whatever. Or no, I'm sorry, they go to watch some daytime show. And Bart looks to Lisa and he's like, I'm scared, Lisa. And Lisa looks at him and says, you think you know fear? Well, I've seen them naked. (laughs) 